was crucified. Father, we come under the unction of your spirit this morning to learn, to know, to understand. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are praying. Turn to someone and welcome them in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Please let's take our seats in the heavenly places. We don't know how many of them are there. <laughs> yes, there. Hallelujah. <laughs> My Lord. You know, I'm just driving down from Bristol. Yes. Because last Sunday when I was ministering, I've told them in Bristol that I'll be spending this weekend with them. Well, mom is there. We have been, and we have been having for, from Friday, you know, the Women of Red Destiny conference started in Bristol. And it has been awesome. It has been exceedingly awesome. I recognize that when I was ministering to you last Sunday, I said, I see you next Sunday. And when I said that, first in New Cross and here, I recognized that this Sunday I was supposed to be in Bristol. And for me to say that I'll see you next Sunday, I recognize then that God is staring my heart back here. And so I began to think about how do we get this done. I struggled about, with that until when I was leaving on Friday, on, uh, yeah, on, um, on uh, Tuesday or so. It's Tuesday I had a meeting with the committee of the youth. Yes. But then, do you know why I, I believe very much that I had to be here? Because of some of you who don't come to conventions. So that I can tell you that convention starts today. Thank you, darling. I didn't hear amen from you. So that you will look at me with my eyes. And I will see you tomorrow. I'm going back to New, I'm going back to New Cross. They are the headquarters. You know, whenever you have convention, it is a convocation. Convocation is a special time that God blesses. Like, when God answered the prayer of Anna, I might have been seeking God for a long time, and God might have predetermined that in this convocation He will answer you. If you miss that convocation, it's another cycle. And Christians are not supposed to take convocation lightly. Really, it would be an attitude before God that is not, you know, really respecting who God really is. Because there are some people who came all the way from Ireland. We have 30 of our youth from Ireland coming. Let the Irish who are here already stand up. 
Let's put our hands together for them. Can you see them? The rest of them will arrive tomorrow. There are in total about 30 of them from Ireland. Republic of Ireland, not Northern Ireland. There is no backstop in this one. <laughs> backstop or back or front stop does not affect them. By the way, in this meeting, I will help you understand a spectrum of all the jargons you are hearing on television about hard Brexit and sub-Brexit or whatever they talk about. I will talk about it when I finish. But I'm going to do an expose, an expose on this in a particular day, which I will let you know in this month, so that you can have understanding and you can exploit the privileges that are available right now before we take the decision of where we're going. So, I believe very much that God one wanted me to tell you that don't miss next week, both young and old. It's going to be a mighty manifestation of the power of God. That's number one. Number two, God has a message for me for you today. All right? And we're going to look at that. But before we look at that, can I say to you that I met man, a man in, Bri- in Bristol, whose testimony every one of you will watch. You will watch it because some of you have had that vision in various forms. And some of you, all of you have heard me say it. Last Sunday I told you that I saw CFT Church. We were were walking, there is a God. Okay? And we have walked in the corridor of it to the mouth of the big space. And I said, any minute from now we will fall into it. And it's a mighty revival. Which Jesus showed me. There is a man I met in in Bristol. He died. Why not a believer? And when he died, Jesus appeared to him. And he had encounters with Jesus Christ, who took him to heaven, and showed him many things. He said to me that he had... After that happened to him, you know, he, he was showing several things. I want that testimony to come from me directly, but the summary I'm telling you. And then suddenly the Lord Jesus told him that look at look over there and he saw his body and he saw his family crying. He was talking to them but they can't hear him. And so when that happened, he said, Oh, this must be that I'm dead. But then he was saying, No, I shouldn't die, I'm young. I'm very, very young. Why should I die? Why he was talking about that, he saw a beam of light walking from very far distance towards him. And he said that that light is about a thousand times like the sun. It's all blinding. And then he now asked the light, are you my grandfather? Because on earth, the parents told him that his grandfather is watching over them. They were, they were Roman Catholics. He doesn't know much about Christ. So and the light said, I'm not. He said, who are you? And the light didn't answer him. He said the light moved closer to him and he saw the figure of a man in the midst of the blinding light. And the man said, follow me. And then he took him by his right hand to higher heavens. I haven't showed him so many things. He now said to him, you have to go back. And he started begging. 
the man in this light, please don't send me back. Don't send me back. Because the peace here, I have never seen it. The joy in this place, I have never known it. He said, but that body that you are sending me to is a body of sickness, is a body of infirmity, is a body that is plagued. Everything about body, he knew. You know, he wasn't born again, so he had never had that on earth, told him. But when you die, you will know everything. All right? So, and then the Lord showed him his mother crying and his brothers. And the Lord said that because your work is not finished, you need to go back to them. You tell them what you saw. He came back into his body. When he came back to his body, then he, he woke up. All of them were crying and stuff like that. Then, can I say that all those who have children there should take them out now, please. If you have a child that will make noise, please take them out straight away. And that is what you must do. Our standard, please. Those of you with babies who can cry or children who can make noise, please take them out. And I want ushers to be very efficient in this matter. Protocol, take take. And put them in the place. Those are the people whose children can cry. I'm not talking about the sucklings. Those children that are sucking breasts don't cry, really. But those ones who cry, you know what their ages are. So, the man came back and he was afraid to tell anybody. And then after some time, Jesus led him to a, a Pentecostal church and he gave his life to Jesus. That was when he knew who appeared to him. But since that time, he had been having encounters about the Lord Jesus. And then he now started sharing with people what he saw. But you know, he said when he shared it with the minister, the minister said he's out of his mind. That these kind of things don't happen anymore. He shared with another minister, he said, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he decided that he would not tell anybody anymore. Because if ministers tell him, that what is happening to him does not happen anymore. How can he be having such encounters? However, the Lord continued to appear to him. So one day in his frustration that where is the church he will go, the Lord directed him to meet our guys on the streets preaching. Oh, he said this one are preaching the gospel. He went to them. He ended up in CFT. So when he ended up in CFT, he said he attended Bristol Church for a while, and then he was observing the pastor, and said the pastor will be speaking, and he will be mentioning one apostle. And he will speak, and he will mention this apostle Williams. So he went to the pastor and said that, who is this apostle Williams? Oh, this is the general overseer of the church, and blah, 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 told him all the stories. And the man said to, to the pastor that, I have some things I want to say, but I don't know whether you will believe me. The pastor told me, and then he told pastor, pastor said, that, what are you talking about? Apostle have been to heaven more than 15 times. He said, is that? He said, a person been to heaven more than 15 times? I said, yes. He got my book, gave him. And the man said, 
Can I talk to him? He said, why not? They gave them a, a link. They connect with us every four seconds. Third. So he started watching the program. Then he now went to pastor. He was still having doubts. He said, because Jesus visited him and showed him the pain in the heart of Jesus is the people of God on earth who don't know him. And the, the Lord showed him the church, how dilapidated the church is, and showed him only few on earth who go to church know him. And only few among the ministers know him. And so he was asking that, this man you are telling me, how can you convince me that if I tell him what I saw, he will not say the same thing all these people are saying to me? And Pastor said to him that, but you have encounters of Jesus, don't you? Ask Jesus about him. So he now started a journey and he began to pray. Lord, I want to know who is this man. He prayed and prayed. First month, nothing happened. On the third month, the Lord appeared to him and said, come, let me show him to you. And brought him to this building. He hasn't entered this building before then. And he said, he saw that we were, I was ministering the word of God. And suddenly, this ceiling vanished. And suddenly, a mighty outpouring of fire from heaven began to descend. Coming from far. And he healed the whole of the place. He said the whole place was flooded. He said he saw manifestations that he could not believe. He said then he woke up and said, could this man be the one? Because you know, when people abuse your mind, especially ministers who have no contact with heaven and they tell your stories and all those, all those discouraging things about God, it demeans God before some. He said, he slept again and the Lord brought him back here. And he said, he saw me, I was conducting praise and worship. And he said he saw a mighty hand from heaven came down with the same fire and now the hand smashed into the building. And there was manifestation all over the whole place. He says, and the Lord said, that is my servant. So he said from that day he said, he wants to meet me face to face. He was weeping when he was talking to me. He is a barrister qualified in France and qualified in England. And he's from Gabon. He now said to me that he has so many information, so many revelations about us, about the church. He is now one of the solid members. Because during that period before he came to me, God gave me a vision about Bristol Church and about Bristol Revival, and I began to speak it. It's after then he came to me. He said now he has confidence that he found a man. He can tell his encounter. So when he told me about his encounter, I said, well, that's very interesting. I can explain some of it to him because I have been in the same place, some of the paths that he's been. And if you have been to heaven before, when people go to the same place where you have been, you can identify with them and tell him and explain to him. So I began to explain to him about, you know, what he saw. And he was asking me, what can he do? So that he can continue to have encounters. And I said, no problem. I've done a lot of teaching about it. And I told him about my encounter last month, 19th in Island of Patmos. 
when an angel of the Lord came to me and taught me for three hours plus. And the guy was shaking at the same time he was weeping. If you can see in him a great hunger to know God. He's a young man. He's a youth. You can see in him a great, great dread of the living God. I'm saying that to you before I teach you today. Because I wanted to, to understand this, that what God had revealed to us, He has confirmed from somebody who didn't know us. Neither did He hear of us. The Bible says out of two or three witnesses, the truth shall be established. And so, those of you who are here in this house, I reaffirm to you, something is about to happen to you Amen. from heaven. We will turn United Kingdom upside down and inside out with the testimony of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with demonstration of the kingdom power. On the streets of England you will see some of you will walk on the streets and the lame will walk, the blind will see, their dead shall be raised. As you preach the word of God, the nation shall go into uproar of God's power. So I want to encourage every one of you, this week is power week. It's power week. I'm supposed to hold a meeting with those of you who will be speaking, and I will. After, please come and see me with the committee. I have a good message for you. And the Lord has put it in my heart. I will be in the seminar every day from three. And at the end of each, I will lay hands on every child, every youth that is in the meeting for empowerment. The time has come. Those of you who are not able to come because you are working in the day, don't worry. One of the nights before you finish, when the unction of the Lord will descend upon me, I will lay hands on you. I will together. I want you to come to the meeting this year with a great hunger. It's a different meeting to other meetings that you have been doing all these years. You will see manifestation upon your life. That will set you running for the rest of your being. God is about to pass through our midst. Don't come late. And when you come, come with a big jar. So that you can be filled. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now let me bring the word of the Lord to you. What the Lord told me to share with you briefly today is this. Who is a Christian? Or who is a child of God? Can I say that at the end of this meeting, all those who did my audio last week and my video, please meet me up at your section. I have a brief for you. Who is a Christian? Or who is a child of God? Look at the book of Second Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17. We looked at that last week, isn't it? But we looked at it as into the rights of a believer. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. The other translation says, all things are passed away. All things have become what? New. And then he says, all this is from God, 
who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and had started, yes, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Go further. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Let's read verse 20 together, beloved. We are... Now, let me take you through some few things in this word. Go back to verse 17. Verse 17 says, If anyone be in Christ Jesus, he is what? Or a new creature, or a new species. Remember last Sunday, when I was, no, Sunday before the last, when I was taking you through the scripture. I help us know this. Who is a Christian? A Christian is somebody who has accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, not somebody who goes to church. Somebody that is fed up of the world, and he recognizes that he needs a Savior. He needs mercy. And he cries to God and says, look God, I'm so sorry for my past. Have mercy on me. And says to Jesus, wash me with your blood. I surrender my life to you, and I invite you to come into my heart. Now, not just by confession, but by decision. Okay? That person is called born again. Anybody who is not such is not a Christian. Because the word Christian came first in Berea. Those of you going with me to Greece next year, I'm taking you to Berea. Really, I was told that the church built there is still there. The remains is still there. These Berean Christians were people who, when you teach them, they start the scripture before they accept what you are saying. And so the Berean Christians were said to be better than others because what you tell them, they start the scriptures. They don't just take what you say. And then they began to behave like Jesus Christ. And that, at that time, people saw them and called them Christ-like. These people are like Jesus Christ. And that is where the word Christian came to be. Therefore, anybody who had not encountered salvation, which is a renewal of heart, is not born again. Anyone who comes to church and has not had encounter of salvation is not a child of God. Now, I will help you understand a few things about this, a person who is in Christ. Therefore, that scripture says, if a man is in Christ, he is a new creation. So the first thing is that you are a new creation. Write it down. Who is a Christian? A Christian is a new creation, a new creature. And under the word new creature, it says, the old has gone, or old things are passed away. And the King James Bible says, all things have become new. Now, let me help you know this. I walked into this building, I was not a Christian, and I heard the word of God, I gave my life to Jesus. But I still look like the same as I came. There's no visible changes in my physique. Really, 
my mind has not changed because the way all what I knew before and the way I thought before, I still have it with me. All right? And if the Bible says all things are passed away, all things have become new, what is the Bible referring to? We recognize therefore that the Bible is not talking about my physical body because it has not changed. It's not talking about my human mind because I still have my human mind and the memory recollection of everything I've done. Therefore, there is a part of me that cannot be seen called my spirit. Human being is, we are spirit, we have a soul, we live in the body. I am a spirit, I have a soul or a mind, I live in this body. Therefore, if the Bible says I am a new creation and my physical remains and my mind remains, it means it is my spirit that is recreated. Of course it is. Let me help you know this. The Holy Spirit enters into the spirit of a man. Because Jesus says in the book of Revelations, I stand at the door of a heart and knock. If you open for me, I and my Father will come into you. We will enter into you. We will make our dwelling inside you. Okay, therefore, this man got born again. The difference between him before and now is that he still looks that the way he looks. He still has his mind he has. But a new spirit has come into this spirit. Now, let me help you know this. If the Bible says it, that the spirit of God enters into you, Christ and the Father is inside you. You need a medium of mind to communicate with the Spirit in you. So, First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16 says, You have the mind of Christ. Don't go there. Wait. You have the mind of Christ. Who had known the Lord that you may instruct him, you have the mind of Christ. That's what First Corinthians chapter, chapter 2, verse 16 says. So, the Holy Spirit of God, inside the Holy Spirit, is the mind of Christ. Now, I will help you understand how this works very easily. When you and I was in the world, you know, we just did some stuff. Correct? Why are you looking at me like that? Didn't you do some stuff? I used to be a boxer. I knew how many people I fixed up. Somebody got, I got angry in Abalinde. Somebody came to molest some gang boys. They went to molest my sister. And I went straight away. The moment they came to call me that they are, they are beating up your sister in Lodo Street. I just said, my boy... My brother, go and call me my friend. He's a, he's a, he's a judo character, he's a black belter. I'm a gold belter in uh, boxing. Run into my room, put on my boots and stuff like that, and then I went out. By the time I came out, my boys were with me. And we went to those boys, and we saw them messing about my sister. We caught them. And these boys, they, they walk with knife and, and bottles and stuff like that. So, and I was very happy that we have some punching bags to just reflect our muscles and stuff like that. And we surrounded it. The first one I hit, the moment he looked back, I gave him an uppercut, he was on the ground. The second one I hit, uppercut, he was on the ground. And then the other ones carried their, their, their you know, ammunition, you know, bottle or knife and stuff like that. We were trained to disarm people, no matter how much arm you are. Take your arm from you and give it back to you. Try it again. And I know where I can put my two fingers on your neck area and you collapse. Hello? 
You know, at that time, I was a bodybuilder. My neck is big. My chest is big. You can't find any meat in me, all his muscles. So, before Jack Robinson, all of them on the ground. And then we called the police to come and arrest them. And we are the one who trained the police in boxing and judo. So when the police came, you understand? You are fighting coach. <laughs> you are fighting coach. So they started. We said, Take them away. They took them away, locked them, and beat them seriously. And their parents came to us and be begging, please. Please. When we were in the wall, we were under a different commander. <laughs> Correct? That commander tells you, an eye for an eye, a tooth for two teeth. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, people go to, to, to exercise now because they want to live long. We go to exercise because we want to fight. Under a commander. Why did we think that way? Some people have histories of promiscuity. They can sleep with several men at the same time, sleep with several women at the same time, rob people, kill people. We, we're just coming now. They, they, you know, there was a shooting in Texas yesterday. Another shooting has happened this morning again in America. Killing people, all stuff like that. Murder, lie, pajore, do people, deceive people. Because we are under a commander. Ephesians chapter 1, chapter, chapter, chapter 2 from verse 1 to 3. Put that on the board. That Ephesians chapter, one verse, uh, chapter 2 verse 1 to 3 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live, alright, when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now what? At work in those who are what? Disobedient. Now, that's where they work in two people. It work in people who are not saved, and it work in people who are born again, but they disobey. Uh-huh. Let me un- uh, help you understand spirituality. Every thought that comes into your mind came from a spirit. Either from the spirit of man, or the spirit of the devil, or the spirit of God. When you are not born again, as the Holy Spirit lives in you now that you are born again, evil spirit lived in us when we are not born again. And that evil spirit has a mind. And that mind of the evil spirit is what communicates to our human mind all the evil we did to people and to ourselves. This scripture says to me that all of us were slaves under that evil spirit. We could not stop him when he controls us. We would do things and regret it. Somebody will beat up his wife that he married with begging. You marry the woman begging, you beat her up. Because your commander is Lucifer. After beating her up, then your eyes come down, you are, you, are, you, are, you are apologizing. Every day you beat her up and then you apologize. Come on now. That person is under a particular control. Something that controls his human mind and he has no ability or power to stop himself from doing what he says. Why? Because the spirit dwells in your spirit. It's called evil spirit. How many of you used to be a wizard? Or a witch? Now you are born again. Born again witch? Raise your hand. Why? I'm going to leave you guys and go to Jebulan. I will find many of them born again there. 
Let me help you know this. I want to say this because what I'm saying now, anybody who was in a call before will, will agree with me. You know, these spirits that dwell in those who are not born again are messengers of Satan to compel them to do what the prince of darkness has instructed. He says, in the ways in which you used to walk, when you walk in the ways of this world, and in the, and, and the, and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, which is Lucifer, the spirit that is now at work in those who are disobedient. So, you did those things because a spirit is in you, and the mind of that spirit is so powerful and strong that he oppresses your human mind, and you do many things against yourself. You see, people slash themselves. Is that, does, that, does that look normal? Or somebody locked himself away from other people until he became depressed? It's because he's under a commander that have enslaved him, bound him. And then we regret our lives. But let me say this to you. Therefore, if you can understand that, people who committed murder, many of them when they are interviewed, they will say, I didn't know what made me do that. Isn't it? Yes, the Bible says so. Anyone who is not in Christ Jesus is under the ruler, the prince of the air, Lucifer. Who compels them at his own will to do many things that will destroy them, that will hurt them, that they will regret in their life about. However, that is the reason why the Bible says the name of the Lord Jesus is a strong tower. The righteous will run to and be saved. Anybody in Christ Jesus is a new species. So, look, when you say yes to Jesus and Holy Spirit enter into you, can a demon remain in that body? Come on now. It is like in this house you have darkness before. We, did we come in this morning and begin to pray? Darkness will command you, change, light come, light come. Did we? So how can Christians think you can pray like that? For somebody who is not born again? If a man is not born again, inside him is the dwelling of Satan. The only thing that can switch on the light is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. When a man is in Christ... It's a new creation. Darkness is passed away. Light has come. Switch on the light. Darkness goes. That's the reason why I have problem with those who say that when you are born again, you need deliverance. Deliverance from what? Maybe deliverance from their lies. Jesus, the Father, Holy Ghost, entered into human body. You tell me the devil that will wait. Come on, come on, come on, examine that. You believe that Jesus will enter into a human body and a demon will remain there? Come on now. Let me show you who Jesus is. Digress a little bit. Colossians, go. Go to Colossians for me. Colossians chapter 1. Let me read from verse... Um, Colossians... Go to verse 15. This is talking about Jesus Christ. Look at it. He says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. I'm talking about the one who lives in you when you get born again. When you say, yes, come into my heart. You want to know who lives in you now. He is the image of the invisible God. The fourth one among all creations. The next verse says, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth. Whether visible or invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things we are created by him and for him. Give me King James Version on that version. 
He says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible or invisible, whether they are thrones or dominions or principalities or power. I want to read that because of some people who believe about this power and principalities have some dominion. They have no jurisdiction over those who are born again. The one who created principality, who created power, who created Lucifer, now is living in you. If he lives in you truly, do you need to pray that devil should leave you? No, let the devil remain. If he who enters into you allows him to dwell with him there, then that is a good devil. It is impossible for that to happen. Look, the Bible says Jesus created all devils and angels. And he created them for him. Alright? If you read further, go back to my NIV. It says, he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. The next verse please. And he is what? Read that scripture for me loud. Who is the body? Who? He is the head of who? Me. Yeah. You are the body. Jesus is the head. When any accident is going to happen to this body, all right, every action this body will carry out is from the head. Correct? Something is coming to poke your eyes is the head that blinks. Yeah? It is the head that tells the neck, move away, and he moves. It is the head that protects the body. If you believe that anybody needs to do deliverance from you after the one who created demons lives in you, you have been fooled. And you will never be free. I guarantee it. Those who go for deliverance, did they not continue to deliver all their life? Until their whole life is useless. Everybody's moving ahead. They are going to deliverance that does not exist. Jesus said in the book of, Hebrew, of, of John chapter 8 verse 31, he says to the Jews who have believed in him, Jesus said, if you what? Read it, read it. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my, and you will what? And the truth will what? Go back to my Second Corinthians chapter five seventeen. So that scripture says, if you are in Christ Jesus, you are a new creation. It means that all the causes of the old gone. Everything is gone. You are brand new. You have the Holy Spirit inside you. The mind of Christ dwells in you. So what do we do in church? We educate your human mind on what that spirit mind wants, so that you can continue to conform with that spirit. That's what you come to do in church. If any one of you hear me on television, if you go to church, where all the time you go to church, they don't teach you something that will make you become like Jesus, pack your load and get out from the place. How would you get there now? Did the Bible say that to us? Look at Romans very quickly, chapter 8, verse 23 or 29. It says in Romans chapter 8, 29, 
For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might become what? The firstborn among how many? Many brothers. So if Jesus is the firstborn, you are what? Secondborn. And I say this to say, I met some Christians who they have been lied to, that if they are the firstborn in their family, they need to do redemption of firstborn. You heard about that? Nonsense from Satan. Every minister who perpetrates that is either they are ignorant, but the one who originated it is a messenger of Lucifer. Jesus is the firstborn in the church. Because when you are in Christ Jesus, you are a new creation, you lost your firstborn sheep that could be afflicted a curse because he took the curse on your behalf. He took the pain on your behalf. He replaced you at the cross so that you will not be cursed any longer. Curse is the man who tells you that you are cursed. They will never be free on the judgment day. Let me tell you something. That's what tells me. That once you are born again, your target is to now become like Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Okay? So, for you to become like Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you need instructors who have gone ahead of you, who can show you this is the way. And the way they show you must be written in the Bible. It must be the same way that the apostles followed, not different at all. Not the way that Moses followed, or Elijah, or, 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 or the old followed. Because most of the things that God told them to do in the old, Jesus paid the price with his life. So that those things have been shut down. Hebrews chapter 8, go and read it. Now, therefore, your aim daily is to become the walking Jesus on the streets of your city. That people will see and say that this looks like Jesus. He behaves like Jesus. He cast out devil. He healed the sick. And he is the son of God. And for you to become, you need an instructor who also can see to show you where the sight is. You need an instructor who can hear to show you how to hear God. You need an instructor who works with God to show you the path to work with God. So that your Christianity is not just coming to church every day. You can add values to yourself on a daily basis in God. That's all what church is about. A church that fails to fulfill that is a waste of time. Let me help you this. He became firstborn so that you are no more firstborn. That is the reason why, if you read the scripture further, let me read to verse 31. Verse 30 says, And those he predestined, he also called, those he called, he also justified, those he justified, he also glorified. Then the next verse says, what then shall we say in response to this? People cannot understand because human beings love to suffer before they earn any good thing. But someone has suffered for you and give it to you free. So it's not easy to understand that such an expensive thing can be free. And that's the reason why some ministers started to create bondage for people to give them a type of God like Aaron gave to the people of Israel. And so, a good number of those who profess that they follow Jesus have no knowledge of him because they have not been shown Jesus Christ of Nazareth. They have been shown myth. They have been shown stories. Because he who is talking to himself has no experience and encounter of God. How can you talk about what you have not encountered? And then they gave birth to a lot of weak Christians in the church. And Satan is going about from family to family, messing people's lives up. But listen to me. 
He said, what then shall we say to his response? If God is for us or be for us, who can be against us? Come on now. I'm sure that everybody here must have heard that before. If God be for me, who can be against us? Now, that scripture is about you. If God is inside you, who can be against you? Then why are you afraid of any other thing? Why are you afraid? Why do you allow people to tell you that, oh, you know, you had a dream and in your dream they were beating you up. Yes. I told them yesterday in Bristol. They beat you up. You woke up panting. <laughs> and you went to somebody and said, ah, your destiny has been destroyed. You need deliverance. Tell them that when I was a boy, there's a woman who lives opposite my house. You know, I live in what they call face me, I face you. May you never know it in England. Hallelujah. And I was a small boy. My father told me a lot about what he used to be when he was in Satanism. I said, when I want to go out of my room, I will look at the corridor. I will run to the backyard. At the backyard is a big tree where witches hold their meeting. And it's, not, it's known to everybody. So, my father would say to me, the day he saw me, he said, what is chasing you? I said, there is something in darkness. My father took me. He woke me up at 2 a.m. and took me under darkness, under the tree. When the witches were holding their meeting, and he now began to tell me his past life with devil. And he said, my son, call the name Jesus now. And I said, Jesus. And all the birds, and they were going, they were, they were shouting, quack, 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 quack. The whole tree scattered. He said, did you see the power in the name? He didn't bring me in dream, bring me face to face under the tree. He was their master before he got saved. And no one conducted deliverance from him all his life. He cast demons out of many people after getting born again. I don't know where they got this nonsense from, if not from Lucifer. You that your father did not do anything. You are going for deliverance. So what will I do? <laughs> you know, it pains me when I talk to people about this. So, but you know the time I was afraid, I will have a dream. And I will see masquerade. They will be chasing me. The moment I lay my head on the bed is war. I will be running. They will be beating me. I will be crying. I want to call Jesus. I can't call Jesus. I will say, it happened to you too. <laughs> Somebody pressing me down. Like a, like a heavy load. Just press my body down. And I was saying, inside me I'm saying Jesus, but he can't come out. And he pressed me down. And eventually, mercy spoke. <laughs> Jesus, I woke up. I told my dad, my dad said, yes, it's round one, go back. <laughs> my dad said to me you know what, what's wrong with you you eat too much and you sleep too much pray 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 and read the bible so I began to observe us of prayer I began to read the bible and then suddenly I have had dreams where bulls would charge at me when I was a baby growing I was born again but I just followed them to church amen 
Maybe that is where you are today. God will deliver you. Amen. And then as I began to pray, observe us of prayer and began to pray. When they are chasing you on the dream, and dream is becoming a warfare, that you cannot sleep, you are afraid to sleep. Because when you open, close your eyes, the moment you close your eyes, battle begins. My father didn't pray for me. He said, you have to learn by experience. So what I've been telling you about Satan and God, it is good you have experience. So, and I began to pray. And before I sleep, I would pray. And I would ask God for power and strength. And one day, the masquerade came. They surrounded me. And during this day that they surrounded me, I said, In the name of Jesus, in my dream. And I saw myself, a small body, I lifted up from the earth. And I saw a sword came to my hand. And I began to beat them on their head. And they were running. It was their time to run. Listen to me. And when I finished beating them, I chased their head. Okay? And I landed and I pulled off the masquerade cover. And it was the woman opposite in my room. And with anger, I took a fist on her face. And she spinned. And she said, don't kill me, don't kill me. I said, that is enough for you. And I woke up. I went to my dad and said, Daddy, look at you. The battle has changed. He said, tell me. And I told him, so he said, now you are my son. He said, that woman in the morning, go and greet her. You know, usually, I always greet her every morning after beating me well. (laughs) But this time, and my father said to me, if you go to her house... If she's the one you saw, her face will be swollen physically. I knocked the door. I said, Mama, good morning. No? He said, hey, second. <laughs> I now said, I walked towards her. She was putting her face away. I now prostrated in front of her. You know, because you prostrate Nigeria to the old man. Good morning, Mama. <laughs> he said, hey, thank you. I went to my dad and said that her face is swollen. Go. My dad went to her and said, what happened to you? Eh, eh. My dad now said that now they died. A, a, a child that crying, the mother understands. Bye-bye. But some of you are having your dreams now, because you are going through growth stages of Christianity. Sometimes you are defeated, sometimes you are able to call the name of Jesus. And you went to tell liars, and they interpret your dream. Why don't you ask them to tell you your dream first? Like that king did. Before you believe what they interpret. They are making a make of you. Let me say this to you. You are going through process of growth. You will fall, you will rise. You will fall, you will rise until you become strong. There is no defeat for those who are in Christ Jesus. Don't you understand me? Look, look, look at the book of Romans chapter, chapter, chapter 8 verse 20, 28. It says, for we know that in all things God is what? Working. 
Whether you are in sorrow, God is working. Whether you fail, God is working. Whether you feel defeated, God is working. The fact is that the God who lives in you, sometimes he will allow you to go and fight the battle for us so that you can be trained on, on warfare by yourself and become a strong person. And when God is training you, you may fail, you may fall, you, may, you will rise up, you will stand again. Don't let anybody tell you when you are going through your own course of growth that, you know, some demons are doing something. It's irrelevant. Why? Because the Bible says, for we know that in all things, whether Satan has done something, God is working behind it. Let me tell you one more scriptures. Look at Ephesians 1, 11. 1, 1, 1. Hmm? What does it say? In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plans of him who works out everything in conformity with, your, with his purpose, <coughs> the purpose of his will. Whatever you are going through, it will work out good for you. Amen. That's what the Bible tells me. Listen to me. What you need is the knowledge I'm giving you. Go back to Second Corinthians 5 and let me finish it. If the Bible says that you are a new creation and it's talking about a part of you that is invincible, you only need a change of mindset. From the way you think before to the way the mind of Christ thinks. That's all you need. You only need to recognize that any area of your life that your mindset is no program in line with Jesus' mindset, you will suffer loss. Because Jesus was successful in everything he did. Yes? And I read to you in the book of John 5, 19, it says, I do what I see my father do. Correct? Okay. So, let's finish the scriptures. The next verse says, All this is from God, your new birth. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So the first time I said that you are a new creation, we're looking at who is a Christian or who is a child of God. You are a new creation. Second thing, you have been reconciled to God. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, I am reconciled to God. You know, sin brought between God and man a chasm or a lacuna hello somebody now when Jesus spoke about the Lazarus and the rich man and Lazarus said that please send this uh, 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 the rich man said send Lazarus to come and put water in my tongue the man said I cannot because between us and hell heaven and hell there is a lacuna. Okay? A God. A chasm. A sinkhole. Endless. Massive. Hello, somebody. It is not possible for me to come and pass this sinkhole. But the Bible says, God reconciled us who are born again. Through Christ. So therefore, the bridge between hell and heaven, 
that filled the gap of the lacuna is who? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is the only way through you can cross from death to life. And if you have accepted him, you are already crossed. You are reconciled. No wonder the Bible says that we are seated in the right hand of God in the heavenly places. Ephesians 2, 6. Then it now says, and you have been given the ministry of what? Reconciliation. Come on now. So you are reconciled, number two. Number three, you have been given ministry. The ministry is to reconcile others. Let me ask you this. In your ministry of reconciliation, since January to this time, how many people have you brought to the kingdom of God? But God has given it to you, the ministry to reconcile them to himself. God reconciled you, and he gave you ministry to go and reconcile others. I received the report of your crusade in Thamesmith yesterday. I was very happy. Those of you who were there, stand up. Let's put our hands together for them. If you are in the Thamesmith program yesterday, please stand up and let's put our hands together for them. My! Can you imagine? These are not all of them. Others are... They are New Cross. Sister... Yesterday, how many of you gone there? <laughs> Hallelujah for all. Take your seat, baby. Now, can you see she is pregnant and she carried that baby to go and look for souls. You don't have anything in your belly. Oh yes? Even if your belly is, is <laughs> Hallelujah. I've said all the men who they will weigh you. If your BMI is not correct, I will call Elder Balofi to go and drill your belly. We are, st- we, are, we are building our gym very shortly. By this time next year, that gym should have been built. And some of you will have to, because we give you three days fasting, your belly remains as it is. <laughs> you fast dry, it remains uh, wet. The only thing is that Elder Balofi, he will drill our bellies she went to evangelism. Now, if a pregnant woman went to evangelism, what would you say to God? Is your reason for not being able to go. You have been given the ministry. It is not to just look down and say, do something now. You and I would decide. Though January till July, I haven't reconcile anybody father please lead me to the lordship of israel and you pray for a soul in this month and god will answer your prayer and it will lead you to somebody who will not argue but somebody who is looking for god and you bring that person to the kingdom of god then you are a reconciler listen the next verse talks about the tool that god was reconciling the world to himself not counting men's sins on them. And he has committed to you the message. He made you a reconciler. Then he gave you the message. Someone says that I don't know much of Bible. In this church, every Tuesday, we look at Bible chapter by chapter, page by page. Someone says, I'm afraid. Every day, Monday to Friday here, we pray in this church by members, 7 to 8 Oh, someone says that I'm afraid. Of course, every Friday a group is here doing night vigil 
We divided the church into four groups so that it can be easy for you once in a month. You have your week for God that you dedicate service to God. And that week you come to church and pray every day. And you have vigil with the rest of your brethren. And pray and God answers. And then go out on Saturday for evangelism with your brethren. So that when you get to God, there is nothing that they, to be turned against you. Uh, l- let me help you understand this. First Corinthians tells us in chapter 3, that when we die, we will carry our work, and we will go before the throne of God. Fire will come down from the throne, and it will burn our work. If your work is wood, it will burn to ashes. It will not be your own portion. If your work is gold, it will be purified. But do you know how your work you should ask yourself, if the Bible says I will carry my work, how will I carry it? The angel recording you, that is the day. Once you die, he will carry your work file and give it to you. You will use your hand to carry before the throne of the Father. You will know everything you have done. You know, some of you who do some things when you leave church, an apostle must not hear it on that day. Not only apostle will hear, apostolos will hear. Because you will carry your work, I will carry my work. You cannot cover it. Everybody will see it. Are we together now? You have the message. You have the calling. Go. Reconcile them. (laughs) Before I finish, let me show you a little bit more. You know that scripture says that, go back to that verse 19. I love it. It says, not counting men's sins against them. Isn't it? Come on now. So if God does not count your sins against you, how can he punish you with a curse that came from sin? It's nonsense. Taboo. Taboo. It does not exist. You know, Pentecostal people pray. I, I have had prayer. In Pentecostal church, that I sat down, opened my eyes, all of them are praying, and I was wondering, did these people not think before they pray prayer points? If they told you to pray nonsense... You should use number two now. Common sense. Someone said that all the enemies that will not make you eat. Command fire upon them. You begin to say enemies that will not make me eat. Fire. fire. And you didn't go to look for a job. Who will the fire consume? It's you. You are the enemy who did not make yourself eat. I mean, a problem you will not go for. To trade, you will not go for. To read, you do read. You are, you are praying against the enemy that will not make you eat. I have people saying that all the cobwebs, all the spirit of cobwebs, and, and they are praying with sweat. Every cobweb spirit, Holy Ghost fire, destroy them. Holy Ghost fire, destroy cobweb spirit. Who told you that there is a cobweb spirit? It don't exist in heaven. Or in hell, rather. It's not just getting as cobweb spirit. I heard someone say that snail spirit. When they send snail spirit to your life, your life will be going slow. Uh, mm. You are the one who determines whether your life goes forward or backward. The Bible says it. I will open the storehouse of heaven and I will pour upon you rain to wet the work of your hand. When rain falls upon your hand and there is no work there, you are saying snail spirit. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 10. He says when your axe is dull, it takes more strength. Your certificate that you have had 20 years ago, and you are trying to look for a job now with that certificate, come on now, tell me. Your mates have read more. They even read last year and year before the last to update themselves. 
And then you apply. And what you hear is we regret. We regret. And then you go to the pastor and say that. All the spirits of I regret. Bind them. Which are they? You are the one you are binding yourself. Your axe is dull. Your axe is dull. Go back to school and read more. All manners of prayer is in Pentecostal church. <laughs> That's the reason why they pray and sweat, nothing happens. And it seems as if our God is powerless. Come on now, He's not. He only needs people who will obey Him. Are we together now? That's what God tells me. But God is reconciling, He gave us means of reconciliation. And the last verse says, Shall we read together? Uh-huh. Hey, stop. Is this cathedral? Come on, let's read the scripture, the word of God. Uh-huh. What is your name, sister? Ambassador Fumilala. Ambassador Emma. Ambassador Tony, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was telling you, Ambassador yesterday, Ambassador yesterday and co. <laughs> Ambassador Abika, Ambassador Singova, always singing. <laughs> Ambassador Kemi, look, Your Excellencies. That is what you are. You are not equal to Satan. Satan was cast down from heaven. You have been raised and you are seated in the heavenly places. Every ambassador of every country has budget from their president. Every born again is an ambassador of heaven and God has given budget to you for your life. It is ignorance that, that makes us suffer. It is knowledge that will make you prosper. Everything that they have been telling you, books that you have read, nonsense, garbage them from your head. Read Bible and check it out. I've met people before. I want to go and do crusade in the place. They said, we have to do Jesus' match. We have to do Jesus' match. We have to take over territory. I said to them that Elijah did not do any match. He stood in one place and he took authority over the nation. What's wrong with me? Listen to me. By the time you are marching around, Satan has destroyed everybody that he wants to destroy. The centurion said to Jesus, speak a word where you are. Go and be marching. Instead of us, they are marching, marching, marching. The whole of the cities are taken over by other religions. And we are are marching. Instead of us to go and lose the people, we are marching. You know, we have a lot of activities in Church of God just to make us feel that we are doing something. CFT will never engage in such. Are we together now? Uh huh. Jesus didn't say go into the world and march. He said go into the world and preach the gospel. You are Christ's ambassador. As though God were making his appeal through you, so you are God's advocate. Hmm? You are God's ambassador. You are God's advocate. What does an advocate do? An advocate appeals on behalf of his client. Your client is God. And you are appealing on behalf of God to the people. You are a barrister of heaven. Are we together now? 
But he finally says, we employ you on Christ's behalf. Where did he say then? Let's read that verse. No, 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 I'm sure that everybody is trying to look at it. All right, read again. Be reconciled. Say to somebody, be reconciled to God. Say it again, be reconciled to God. Say it again, be reconciled to God. Let me give you this admonition, write it down. God said, be reconciled to Him. Therefore, your old ways of life has ceased. You have to investigate the new ways of life, which is the ways of Jesus Christ. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, in closing, it says, verse 17. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. Stop it. In the futility of their thinking. They can, Gentiles cannot understand grace. They have to work hard for everything. Stop it. Enjoy the grace of God. They are darkened in their understanding, verse 18, and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Wrong teaching alienates you from God's commonwealth. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality. They are looking for what would make me feel good. You don't have to feel good. You are only to feel God. So as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continuous loss for all. Verse 20. You however did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and we are taught of him in accordance to the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regards to your former way of life to put off your old self, put off your old self, put off your old belief, which is being corrupted by his deceitful nature or desires. To be made new in the attitude of your mind, change of mindset, change of mindset to the mind of Christ. And to put on the new self, created to be like God, in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. Don't lie to people in church. Don't deceive people in church or outside. Don't be a pajora. Don't be among those who bad bite or deceive. He says, in your anger, do not sin. Verse 26. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. If you are angry, you go to bed. Satan will, will, will take over. Verse 28 says, he who has been stealing must steal no longer. No thief will go unpunished. Zechariah 4 tells you that. But must walk doing something useful with his own hands. That he may, be, he may have something to share with those in need. 
Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Don't be getting involved in jokes with the name of the Lord. Don't join them. I heard that some Christians, they are doing navy, they invite comedians to come and occupy the altar of God. It is Lucifer that introduced that to them so that they can defy the altar and the altar will be void of power or presence. It will only be mediocre. People who stand before such altar never encounter God. If you want to joke, you can joke. You can joke. Christians do joke. Why are you looking at me like this? Okay, let me tell you my joke. I told my wife recently. They took me to the... To, she escorted me to dentist. And dentist said that they have to remove my mouth that I was managing. And my teeth. Tooth. I was managing the tooth. The dentist saw it and said that one of the dentists here, my son, he said that tooth needs to be removed. Okay, we went to the other dentist and my wife was looking at them. When they removed my tooth, they put some needle into my mouth and put some string and tie some stuff. When they removed my tooth, I said to her, you were there when they removed my tooth? You didn't do anything until they removed it. So, no more kisses until further notice. <laughs> and you know what she said to me? She said, However, I have also decided that I will not kiss you so that you not transfer it to me. <laughs> and my son was there. My son was laughing to scorn. And then, I think yesterday, my son-in-law called my wife, or two days ago. It's yesterday. And he said that, Mommy, you look trendy, you know, over the past few days. And I said to her, with some other guys there, I said to her, the reason why she looks trendy, and she said, my husband didn't tell me that. Oh, I said, you look trendy because I stopped kissing you. (laughs) Hallelujah. We crack jokes. When I start cracking jokes with my wife, I mean, my son will laugh and laugh. He will say to me that when you guys are gone, I will always remember this, your jokes. But in no way shall we joke with the redemption blood that saved us. In no way shall we joke with the name of Jesus Christ who delivered us. When we talk about Jesus, we talk about God. And you cannot bring jokers to come and be joking in the temple of God, using the word of God, using the, the, the name of God in vain. And you are laughing. Do you know what the Bible says? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out from your mouth, but only what is helpful to building other people up. No backbiting, no from biting. Build up other people according to their need, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. When you do these things, you grieve the Holy Spirit. And when you grieve the Holy Spirit, the devil, you are vulnerable to the enemy. And he mess you up. He said, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger. Anybody who did bad to you, let them go. That is their portion. You don't have to be bitter about anybody. Come on now. Brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Don't get involved with rebellion. Neither will you validate a rebellious person. Tell a sinner he shall not be well with you. Get rid of all bitterness. Be kind and compassionate to 
one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ in God has forgiven you. Who is a child of God? That is who a child of God is. Shall we rise upon our feet, please? We're going to pray for ourselves. Pray for strength. Tell the Lord, strengthen me in this, my Christian journey. First, thank God for the salvation that you have received. Thank God for your salvation. You are God's ambassadors. Give God the praise and honor and glory. Thank God for this very hour. Thank God for the gift of salvation. Can I have the choir up, please? In Jesus' name. You see now that you are not praying. I said you should thank God for your salvation. I have been telling you who a child of God is. By the decision you made with God, I've only exposed you to some of what you are. Is it not awesome? Let us lift up our voice to heaven and thank God for the salvation that we received in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you for saving me. Oh, happy day that fixed my choice. Give God the praise. Thank God for your salvation. Thank God for His mercy. I want to celebrate the gift of heaven. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish. You have crossed from peril into eternity. Give God the praise for your victory. Jesus paid the price with His life. You have victory over the devil. Satan has no power over you. Thank God for the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside you. Thank God for the mind of Christ with which you operate. Oh, sovereign one, we bless your holy name. Blessed be your name, O King of heaven. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Sing after me.